Welcome to What to Expect When You're Healing, your guide to self-empowered healing in the aftermath of abuse. We'll help you gain insight, learn practical skills, and navigate your healing journey to transform from survivor to thriver. Don't worry, your device isn't broken. This is just a rewind episode of the podcast. We found a recording that we did a couple of years ago and we just want to reshare it with you because we feel like you can really learn a lot from this. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute and talk a little bit about um, getting out, leaving uh, a toxic or abusive situation behind. Um, I've heard it said by various people, um, if only he had hit me, if only he would have physically assaulted me, I would have known that was wrong, I would have known it was time to leave. Now, I am by no means trying to make this physical abuse sound or seem somehow um, easier to deal with or less of an issue. Uh, it, it obviously isn't, but... Um, it is more, it's maybe more recognisable. That doesn't, in fact, make it that much easier to um, escape. And as we all know, where there is physical violence, there is a ton of emotional abuse as well. This is why, one of the reasons why a lot of um, targets struggle to leave an abusive situation and it is what um, it is exactly what um, people who haven't experienced abuse don't understand this is the reason why they ask why did she not leave well she or he didn't leave because their mind had already been so um, well programmed to stay that um, they did stay. But I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, how do you know it's time to leave? And I just really want to share some of my own story with you um, and how uh, ha and how I ended up putting the uh, pieces together. Um, I was, um, I'm four and a half years no contact with my parents uh, at the moment a little bit more than that and um, so I was <clears throat> I was in my early 30s when I came to that conclusion that that for me was the solution um, of course there's a there's a whole lot that that comes before that and uh, some of it you realize after not until after you leave do you realize that this was an issue for you or that this was influencing you or this was affecting you because and especially when you're um, um, when you grow up in a toxic or abusive uh, setting this is your framework this is your normal how you know you don't lose confidence you just never build it up right you don't um, you don't start struggling making the simplest decisions in your life that's just your, you know, that's your normal, that's the norm for you, that's your reference. And I think what happens a lot of times is that the more we step outside the family, 
the more we realize that there's other ways of doing things, that there's other ways of feeling, other ways of of being in this world. And um, I moved back and forth quite a lot in um, as a as a student, and then after that, while I was working, I was moving between um, my home country and the UK where my partner's from and where I did part of my uh, university course. So um, I began noticing that whenever I was away from the immediate influence of my family, every time I was living abroad, that I would be much better at self-care, I would be much happier, I would be um, I I was far more confident, you know, I would, I would dress differently and not just because you're in a different country and there's a different sense of fashion and you do, you know, as you buy clothes where you live, you kind of start following the fashion a little bit, but I felt more com comfortable and confident to, um, <clears throat> to dress better. I was, um, you know, I, I was far better at um, the simplest things, you know, uh, cooking better meals for myself. I was better at uh, not stressing about um, <clears throat> about just normal life stuff. Not stressing about, you know, uh, doing the sh doing the shopping, the weekly shopping, or you know, it, it, life got easier as I was away from conflict situations. I also noticed that when for example, my sisters would call because drama in their life, that it was far easier for me to think, this doesn't seem quite right. Why are people behaving the way that they're behaving? And what helped as well is that, obviously, I now had a partner who I shared my life with, who um, I would talk to about stuff that you know was happening to me or that I was thinking about but also the stuff that was happening in my family and he quite often questioned a lot of it right <clears throat> so when we finally decided to settle down in my home country um, we stayed very close to my parents house and of course all the negative influence from that then increased now, I am very happy to say that my partner and I have always had the ability to talk to each other a lot, we, which meant that we ended up comparing notes a lot of times because obviously the family is, is trying to gaslight you and um, so they're, they're giving him different information than me and they talk about us behind our backs and you know, well you you probably can't get what I'm saying so by talking to each other um, we all, quite often caught them out and were then able to deal with situations a lot better because we had all the information or we could call people out for sharing different information with each other needless to say my family does not like my partner very much so Anyway, having said that, 
Um, it still took a, a few years for, for us to get from, hey, something might not be right to, do you know what? No, we're out of here. It's not an easy decision to make, let's face it. We ended up having to live with my parents for a while. And then once we moved out, um, that's really, that year made a lot clear, but also the move out made a lot clear because I got in a new job in, an, in another city. We, I was working there for about two months and then we moved. I didn't take any time off. Uh, so I was working a new job. I was moving house. Um, and I had the audacity not to call my parents for like a week or so. Um, because, well, you know, I was trying to unpack my stuff and still do my job well. And because, I, you know, I was still trying to impress the people in my job as you do the first couple of weeks. Anyway, and I got a really nasty email from my dad saying that he felt like the, uh, if I remember the story of the prodigal son, then I would understand what he and my mother were, were feeling not having heard from me. Now, I was, like I said, in my 30s and I hadn't spoken to him for a week after moving house and working in a new job. So maybe I was just preoccupied with some things. And after I'd just lived with them for a year, right? So maybe I just needed some distance. Healthy people thoughts, right? Anyway. Um, it all kind of came to no contact when my partner saw a news item where a certain killer was um, identified and so they showed his picture and they called him a narcissist and my partner saw the picture and thought oh my god that facial expression is just like Max's mother so he googled narcissistic or narcissistic personality disorder found a lot of information I came home from the office that night and he said Mags you need to sit yourself down. You need to read this. I will cook dinner. You sit, you read. And it was like finding the playbook. It all started making sense. I know a lot of people have that experience. Once they've put two and two together, all of it starts making sense. It didn't take me long then to decide to cut contact because I have the type of family that just pulls you in. They demand everything. They demand your time, your energy, your input, like everything. So it is very much, uh, for me, very much the choice was, I don't want this. I can't distance myself somewhat because they won't allow for that. And so, therefore, I decided to cut contact. What I ended up doing, I still, because I'd recently moved out of their house, there was still a few of my things in the house. So I arranged for a day to pick those things up 
I wrote them a letter. I picked my things up and left the letter. Now the letter didn't actually specify very much um, what was going on. I, I've posted to the forum about this. I will leave a link to um, to what the letter said. But it basically said, listen, we don't see eye to eye. I'm done with this. I don't want contact with you guys. Before you think that this might have, it, it probably did come as a, well, no, not probably. It came as a surprise to them. But it really shouldn't have. I had a conversation with them before we moved in with them. So a year and a half, two years before I cut contact. Where I said, listen, if you give me a choice today, whether or not, uh, whether we have the relationship, continue the relationship as it is between us, so me, my parents, or no relationship at all, then if you give me that choice today, then I would choose not to have a relationship with you guys. We said that, you know, we had a really long talk and I, I was very open. I was very honest and I, I actually articulated things like, I don't, I don't feel like you guys like me. I don't think, I don't feel like you guys love me for who I am. I think all I am to you is some, is, you know, you're, you're wanting me to be a certain way. And only if I manage that to be exactly that, will you have appreciation for me? And I don't want to be that image that you want me to be. My parents never, not in that conversation, nor since that conversation, ever responded to it. And so the relationship continued as it was. And two years later, I'd really had enough and I decided to cut contact. About six months into it, my sister had me ambushed when I was visiting her. I've since also cut contact with all my sisters, by the way, which has been unfortunate, but hugely beneficial to my mental health. Um, but she had me ambushed by my parents in her eyes. That was fun. But I had practiced my speech. And so when my mother said, I want to say hello to Max. And I says, well, I don't want to say hello to you. And she said to me, oh, that's right. You don't want to talk to us and we're not allowed to know why. And I looked her in the eye and I says, I told you exactly why I don't want to talk to you two years ago, except back then I wasn't important enough to listen to. And I left. I walked out. I was fuming, but I was so proud that I got to articulate that thought to her. Okay, so that's my story of leaving. Obviously, lots of healing, lots of guilt, pain, blame, shame, whatever uh, I had to still dig through. But that was the start of me saying, I've had enough. It's time for me to heal from this. And I sometimes say, I know that my mother also had a troubled childhood, but as much as it was her choice not to confront that, not to heal from that, uh, it's my choice not to want to suffer for her trauma any, any longer. So when I look back now and say like, okay, so what is the, you know, what were the things that made me want to leave? Why was I so unhappy with this situation between me and my parents? 
well, from there's there's a lot of judgment that comes in from toxic people. And so for me, I was constantly feeling like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't achieving enough. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good enough as who, as the person I am. And the thing is, you get really nervous about it. So you actually underachieve a lot of times because, uh, and I know one of my sisters does this all the time, and she actually says it with pride as well that she does this. But um, she says, I just pretend to be um, dim-witted so that I can over-deliver, so that people are surprised when I do something well, but they're not surprised when I do something bad, right? And I'm like, you are, you have a master's degree in anthropology and you're trying to under deliver on being a secretary I don't have anything I've been a secretary for a long time and I have nothing against that but why would you try and pretend to be a bad secretary when you could just be an amazing secretary just because you don't want to make mistakes right so fear of failure is huge when you're in a in a toxic uh, environment because the consequences of making a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes and mostly that is not a huge issue. Most people accept, hey, you made a mistake, that's fine, let's try and fix it. Whether that's in a work situation or in a in a relationship situation, we all make mistakes and that's fine. Um, but when you're in a toxic environment, when you're with an abuser, a mistake is huge and has huge consequences, negative consequences, whether that is, hey, I'm not going to talk to you for six months or, um, you know, I'm going to beat you up or, or you know, whatever the consequences, but the consequence is huge. And also the mistake is very often not a mistake. That's just life happening, right? Sometimes you can do everything absolutely right, but life happens or, you know, or it's or it's a personality trait, or it's your sexual orientation. My mother didn't speak to my sister for six months because my sister um, came out as being lesbian. Six months, and my sister still lived in the house. That's a very very long um, silent treatment. I once had a a friend call me, and he accidentally, and it was late. It was like around midnight. He accidentally dialed the landline in my parents' house where I stayed instead of my mobile phone. And the second it happened, I realized it happened and I ran into my father's study because I knew he was still up. And it would it would give him a fright to have the phone go off at that time of night. I ran in and I said, I'm really sorry he dialed the wrong number. So within a second of the phone ringing, my dad knew that it was a simple mistake and nothing happened. My dad gave me a silent ten, ten first he shouted as if the world ended and then he didn't speak to me for 10 days because my friend had made the mistake of dialing the wrong number. Even though we had rectified it within seconds to explain to him like nothing's the matter, no one's in hospital, everything's fine. We just made a mistake. So making mistakes is huge and therefore you're constantly trying to not make mistakes which means that you're probably making more mistakes. Um, I also very much, I mean, 
I doubted so much, not just my own abilities to do things, but I even doubted my own interests and and um, um, my own interests in, in sort of desires when it comes to what I wanted to do in my life. Interestingly enough, since I actually started my own business just in that period when I was still in touch with my sisters. And the feedback I got from them was, oh, you're never going to make it in business by yourself. It's really hard and you need to have self-discipline. And, and I believed, I truly believed I didn't have self-discipline and I truly believed it was going to be very hard, but I was still going to give it a try. Remember, I was already no contact with my parents for about a year and a half, two years. So I started to get a little bit more confidence by then even though my sisters were still feeding me the toxic messages. Um, I'm happy to say that I did succeed. <laughs> I still have my own company and it's, going, and it's going well. But the point being that the field that my company is in um, is a field that I was very interested in even a few years back. And I said that I was thinking of doing an open university course in that particular um, in that particular field and my father says oh no you would hate that you would absolutely not enjoy doing that work so why would you even why would you even go there and this is this is um, you know this is another reason why you need to get out of a toxic uh, situation or why you need that distance um, it's because Whatever you are good at, whatever you are interested in and therefore are likely going to be good at because you're going to be interested in learning things. And so you're going to, you know, you're going to focus on it and you're going to learn it. Um, but whatever you are interested in, uh, whatever you're talented at, they are going to try and move you away from that. Because where your talents are is where you're going to be more likely to succeed, more likely to gain confidence. I'm sure that you have seen some of the uh, little sworn illustrations uh, around the social media profiles of sworn horses. Now, I do those illustrations uh, and I love illustrating. My parents or uh, my mother specifically, she teaches art in school. My mother specifically always told me that my drawings were very bad because they had black lines around them and that wasn't realistic. That illustration isn't realistic anyway. Believe me. Swans don't regularly do the things they do in the little illustrations I do. They don't have to look realistic in order for them to be fun and, you know, and I like them in any case. But so they move you away from your talents, make you doubt yourself. And seriously, we all struggle making decisions sometimes in life. Every single person in this world will at some point struggle making decisions. And that's fine. That's, that's nothing unhealthy about that. We just need to kind of weigh the options, weigh the pros and cons, and that's all fine. But when every single, even the smallest decision in your life feels like it's a performance review, whether you're going to be judged by it, then something's wrong. Like, who do you feel is going to judge you for the smallest little decision that you're going to make today? Why are you so afraid to make decisions? Try and figure it out because there's something or someone who's influencing you to feel so heavily about decisions like, what am I going to eat tonight? 
I mean, career changes, sure, you have to think about those. You don't make those on a whim. There's, you know, we make so many decisions in a day. And you start doubting every single one because you know that there's consequences to every single one. Because if you make the wrong decision because you, you know, make chili instead of risotto tonight, then there's a consequence to that. Although, admittedly, if you're with an abusive uh, spouse or or anyone if you're cooking for someone abusive then it doesn't really matter because even if you made the risotto it would have probably been wrong um i think a lot of times where we notice that um we are dealing with toxic people is because we constantly doubt ourselves we constantly um second guess our own instincts our own thoughts our own feelings um, we're struggling to take care of ourselves, even though maybe rationally we know that we should. A lot of us get all sorts of physical issues. Um, I used to get a lot of really bad headaches and I still get them from time to time, but I don't get them nearly as much. Um, you know, and we get all sorts of random physical things that nobody can really explain um, because toxic people and abusers even if they don't ever raise their hand to you affect you physically um, and I think they like I said, my family is a family that claims you, that takes from you. And so you start feeling really empty. Um, and you start like there's nothing you can contribute to the world because there's nothing left of you. It's really tough to kind of get really clear on where feelings are coming from and why you're feeling a certain way. But it's important to try and I think leaving is hard it's not always easy in fact it really never is easy there's safety issues there's financial issues there's you know um, I had it relatively easy I think because I had just moved out so I had my own place again I had my own income there wasn't you know, it wasn't a, um, a divorce situation. There weren't any children involved. I understand there's all these many, many, many uh, factors that can complicate getting out. But I think in essence, the idea that you decide you want to get out because you want to feel better, because you want to feel like a whole human being again because you want to uh, be able to care for yourself emotionally as well as physically. I think it all starts with that decision and from there on you can decide what it is that you're trying to gain from this and then start planning right. Now, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to uh, start looking at the how to get out uh, a little bit more. Um, 
where we spoke about boundaries in the last month and we're talking about getting out this month. Getting out is really getting that big, big boundary between you and whoever is abusing you or is sucking you dry. No contact. And I happened to have a good conversation with someone who really thought that I was just holding a grudge, that I was in a huff with my parents. Um, And I said to them, no, I'm not angry with them at all. Seriously, I actually feel a certain amount of sympathy for my parents for struggling the way they do. Um, But... Unfortunately, I can't allow myself to be destroyed because they've had a hard time and they're not willing to address that. So for me, no contact is me setting up a boundary to protect myself, to allow myself to heal from what has happened to me and for me to build a better life for myself, for the people I love. And I know that it's a very lonely place to be here, and, and, it, and it certainly can be. And I have been very fortunate with the support of my partner. Um, I've been very fortunate um, with the friends that I've found along the way. But you can do it. And you will find people along the way who will help you, who will cheer you on, who will support you. Um, there's tons of charities out there who have super good advice, who will, you know, be able to point you in the direction of good resources. Um, make the decision and then start making the plan. Bye for today. (laughs) And I hope the story was helpful and has gotten your brain ticking a little bit if you want to leave your story um let's do so in the forum um so that it's not open to public eyes because these are topics that we want to keep a little bit private um especially from our abusers so if you um if you want to get in touch with me head to the forum and i will get you there bye